Welcome back, guys. I'm not going to lie. I am very, very excited about this episode that you are about to hear. Before we get into the episode and I tell you about our guests, it's time to highlight a figure in Black History Month. And I'm super excited about this story as well. Not too many people know about this story. So here we go. Once upon a time in Tennessee, this is a true story, um, there was a man called Nearest. Nearest was a slave. Nearest was a slave that worked on this farm and he worked with distilled whiskey. And he was very good at this craft, like very, very good. In fact, he, he taught this young man that was an orphan how to distill whiskey. And that young man grew up to be Jack Daniels. How interesting is that? So this man must have been something good. So it turns out Nearest, and they call him Uncle Nearest, had his own recipe for his own personal whiskey that he distilled. And this recipe, I would say maybe four years ago, has just come to up in the spotlight. And it has now won numerous awards for its whiskey, which is unbelievable. This was a slave, guys, that taught Jack Daniels how to, how to be become great at whiskey. And he was never, he never grew up in the spotlight of having this special craft of his. And he just did it because he loved it. And he just taught the people around him how to do so. And it's very cool today that this whiskey's winning all these awards and it's given Uncle Nearest the spotlight he deserves and being a great whiskey distiller. I don't know if that's a real word, whiskey distiller. But anyways, you guys get what I'm talking about. This whiskey is phenomenal. I've had it. This is not even an ad, guys. I just think it's an incredible story. You guys should definitely buy Uncle Nearest and have this conversation about how Uncle Nearest was a slave and he taught Jack Daniels how to make whiskey. All right. So getting into our episode, I'm also very excited to tell you guys because I, first of all, I'm a biracial man. I am black and white. And very few people know what it's like to grow up as a biracial person. And it could be very confusing. It could be very, so many different words. But I have these special guests that have started Mixed in America, Megan Smith and Jasmine Jarvis. These two ladies are mixed individuals that have this spotlight that talk about being mixed in America, colorism, privilege, and it's so fascinating. It's so interesting. And I think we should just get into it so you could hear something from these lovely ladies. Jasmine and Megan, long time no see. <laughs> so How good. have you two been? Oh man, what a loaded question, Dustin. <laughs> 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 no, I mean, I've been pretty good, you know, trying to understand what new normal is in this like in-between stage of, of COVID and Per usual, Jazz and I have been diving into the mixed community, trying to bop around and see what everybody needs. <laughs> so let me give people a little heads up. So I think we spoke maybe two years ago, 2020. It was summer 2020. Yeah, we just had like, I've, I don't think I've ever talked to a room full of mixed people before. Like we had, we had like, how many people did we have? We had like six to eight, something yeah. like that. Uh, it's 
you know, it's um, always a an amazing feeling and like it's it's crazy we never get to be in space with other mixed people and i think that sometimes like not mixed people don't understand that like we never get to experience that community in that way so just having yeah like six or eight of us <laughs> in the same virtual space is like oh my god <laughs> you know it's wild it's, it's wild <laughs> it's wild like most of us we probably most i mean I would say in most incidents, people that are mixed kind of grow up like in their own world. It, you don't really have too many people to, to identify with. But we'll get into that. First of all, let's talk about mixed in America. Tell everyone what mixed in America is all about. Yeah. Uh, so mixed in America, um, we're the co-founders, um, me and Meg. And mixed America is a community organization that really looks to have more nuanced conversations about race in America, specifically through the mixed race lens. Um, so me and Meg are mixed identity coaches. And so we host different events, provide you know trauma informed programs and workshops and one on one mentoring and coaching uh, for mixed race individuals, because our aim is really to empower the mixed community and heal the mixed community because there's a lot of wounds and challenges and really unique experiences that come with being mixed race. So our goal is really to help integrate and heal those wounds. Yeah. And like there's confusion too, I think. And I remember yeah. when we all talked, I was like, all these years, I've not really known what I was dealing with, but you guys articulated it so well. And it was so like amazing and like made me feel really good. But what you guys really, you guys are really adamant about identity. And why is that? What is the importance of identity in your your eyes? Oh, I mean, identity is everything. <laughs> I think identity is the first thing that, you know, people ask us as mixed people, right? It's the what are you question. How do you, who are you? How do you identify, right? So identity really comes to the forefront for mixed people really early on, even when we're, you know, taking standardized tests and there's a bunch of boxes of like, check your race and you're a little mixed kid being like, wait, I can only check one. I'm more than one, <laughs> you know? So, you know, I think humanity is really centered around identity. And so our work is really helping makes people unpack that because it's really painful to not know how you identify racially when everyone's kind of poking and prodding at you and asking you for that information. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's so hard for mixed people when they're trying to figure out how they identify because it's like, well, do I go off of, my DNA and, and what I actually am, or do I go off of how I'm perceived? Because we know for mixed people, I mean, you can turn out any which way. Jazz and I are both, you know, mixed black and white and, and look at how differently we turned out. And so it's really tough for the community to know how to have an authentic sense of identity. And, you know, the thing that we really encourage people to do in their own, in, in our work is to, really quiet the noise around you and and give yourself the gift of, of not worrying about how you're perceived by others and really do that work for yourself. Who am I? What are the cultures and experiences that make me me? And crafting that yourself first and then it kind of will work itself outward in an authentic way. Yeah, I agree with that 100% because I'm, you know, mixed like you guys and I think it was very problematic for me to have to identify what I was supposed like it's like well you're black you 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 go into this category you're supposed to act like this this is who you're supposed to be and I feel like a lot of people end up like that and they're not they're they're missing out on their true selves and who they're truly supposed to be and it's sad but I'm just so thankful you guys have 
a platform like this with Mixed in America, it, it puts a smile on my face every time. Yeah, I, I love it. Yeah, yeah, that pressure to identify with only one part of ourselves. It, you know, I think the world does a really great job of fragmenting, makes people and kind of pulling us apart of like, be this person in this situation and be this this part of you in this situation, you know? So I feel that, yeah, being pressured to only identify in one way, it really does cut off a whole part of our ancestry, which is, you know, the beautiful part of being mixed is our beautiful mix and all the different cultures that make us us. Right. And and also there's a lot of conversations happening lately about like cl- what you can claim, you know, and what you're allowed to claim. And I, I think it's really interesting because I think it who says, <laughs> you know, who gets to decide that only you can as the mixed person can decide what parts of yourself you're claiming and the ways in which you go about claiming them. You know, that's 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 something that we see a lot of people struggling with lately, especially because we're having so many conversations about light skin privilege. And and so there's a lot of conversations going around specifically. I've noticed in the black community and the Latinx community as well about how to navigate that. And it can be a challenge. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about both of your yourselves. And when did you, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you guys were both maybe pushed to be one way, you know, so I guess, yeah, tell us a little bit about your background, your story. and Yeah, oh, I mean, I always call it like the mixed existential crisis. Like <laughs> every mixed person has the mixed existential crisis at one point or another, usually multiple times where you're like, who am I? Who, how do I identify? What's going on? You know, so for me, me and Meg actually grew up in Las Vegas together. So we went to school together. We went to elementary school together. We were like two of the only mixed girls, I think, honestly, in our entire school. Um, and, you know, really early on, our moms like put us together, you know, and of course, you know, when we're in elementary school, we were just like, cool, new friend. But I think our moms were really intentional seeing that like, we we're both the only mixed people in the space and one of the few color only people of color as well, you know, not just the only mixed, but also only person of color as well. So they kind of put us together. And so we kind of had that that bond early on and had that kind of mirror. And then it's really interesting because we're kind of like a case study for mixed people in that you can be the exact same mix, but depending on your appearance, you will be treated differently. You will be absorbed into different groups differently. And so as we got older and race become a thing, became a thing um, and we went to high school, we just kind of naturally gravitated to different groups of friends, right? Where, you know, I have darker skin and, you know, right now it's winter, so you can't really tell, but I'm <laughs> when I was a kid, I was a lot darker and Meg is lighter. And so I kind of just naturally got absorbed by the black community and she kind of naturally got absorbed by the white community. And, and we just kind of went that way without though, having really any intentional say in it. Right. Cause that's kind of how it goes for mixed people. You just, you, gra- you gravitate to where you're claimed because it's hard to be claimed anywhere. And so, you know, we go through and then we, when we get into college, we both kind of had our mixed existential crisis around the same time, which led us to create Mix in America. We both kind of were having a, a, just an identity crisis. We were like, wait, who am I? You know, my whole life I've been making everybody else more comfortable with my identity, making sure I talk a certain way, act a certain way. And now I'm just left with all these pieces of me and all this code switching. And I actually don't know who I am inside. Like who, who is Jasmine? And we were both kind of having that experience at the same time. And so, you know, Meg posted something online on her story and me and her hadn't talked 
I don't think in like years. And she posted something on her story though. And was, it was like biracial cries, right, Meg? And, and I like slid in her DMs. <laughs> I mean, that was about as emo as I got, you know, if, I, if, I'm, if I'm on the gram saying biracial cries as my title for my video, <laughs> you know I'm upset. <laughs> nobody said anything like nobody nobody said anything except jasmine <laughs> yeah so but thank god i made that video i was like what is this yeah i mean no one really knew what you probably meant by that like no one could understand yeah. but thank god jasmine knew I mean, she had a, you know, hey, what'd you, so what, you commented on the video or you reached out yeah, to her? Yeah, so I, uh, I slid into her DMs. I was like, oh my God, like me too. Like what's <laughs> going on? Like this makes things crazy, right? Like <laughs> realizing too that like so much of my other, you know, mental health issues and trauma is linked to my mixedness, is linked to a lot of um, the experiences I've had as a mixed woman. And so, yeah, I reached out to her. We hopped on FaceTime and literally one FaceTime call, we decided we were going to create Mixed in America. (laughs) We were like, where's this conversation happening? You know, we go online, we're searching, where's the mixed conversation happening? It wasn't happening. And we're like, all right, let's start the conversation then because we need some healing. We need some community. Um, And it just kind of naturally unfolded from there. Yeah. And I always realize, like, I always, it's like, it's, I don't know if I correct say, but I always know my kind, like walking down the street. I'm like, it's like, you know, how they, back in the day, like you black people give the nod. Like it's yeah. like for mixed people, I know, like, it's like, I know everything I don't, but it's like, we have very similar upbringings, just the confusion. Who am I? Identity. So powerful what you guys are doing. I, I just absolutely love it. It's true, though. I can, like, smell when I'm mixed. I'm like, I think somebody multiracial is around here. I can tell. Like, my spidey senses. But you know what? Moisture sheen around? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's also, it's also like. conditioner? I know, exactly. (laughs) Oh, Lord. It's so true, though. It's also, like, mixed people and people of color in general, we see features. But Mm -hmm. I think mixed people, this is, like we really can see features like beyond skin tone. It was always other mixed people and black people that knew that I was black. Mm-hmm. White people never knew what in the world was going on. <laughs> so that yeah. was kind of challenging for them. But I always, I always appreciate that mixed people, we, we like see what's up. Yeah, we know what's going on. We we know our kind. It's weird. Yeah, and it's like a level of like comfortability that you feel that you don't that you're like, oh, what is this? Like, it's just kind of it's almost you know being mixed is like have it's like a lens that's over our entire life. It's so when you get to meet somebody else with that same lens, there's just this like underlying layer of understanding um, yeah. each other, and you just it's a it's a really nice feeling. One hundred percent. So let me ask you guys this. Since we are, you know, finishing up on Black History Month, how do you guys identify with Black History Month? How do you show your support for Black History Month with being mixed in America? Yeah, I mean, Black History Month brings up so much. Uh, It makes me think about, I think like the word that's coming to mind, because there's many ways I could answer this question, but I think like deep, deep gratitude. I just think about, all the people that had it way harder than me just so that I could be comfortable and just so that I could make choices. I like mm-hmm. think about choice, like just like the right to be able to make choices in my life. And that, I don't know, that's what I think about. And I think of all the people who, who fought for our freedom. 
But in terms of like mixedness and and how I think and how I think it correlates to Black history is it's always an interesting thing to take a deep dive into like the mixed people in within Black history. That's what I was gonna say. There's so many, but there's not talked about because it's always the one drop rule. Okay, but look, and just identify straight as Black, but there were so many people in Black history that were mixed that were Mm -hmm. just identified as Black, and yeah, I, I like what you're yeah. Frederick, Fred, no, no, Frederick Douglass is like my favorite. And, and I love, I love thinking about how much his, I mean, what we we talk all the time at Mixed America about having the colonized and the colonizer within your one body. And we know that Frederick's father was a slave owner and his mother was a slave. And that's just so, it's almost too much (laughs) when you think when you really get down to what that must have been like for him, but, but you can't erase any of it because it's all relevant to his experience, you know? And it's not to say that he should deny his blackness, you know, and how complex to have to own the white parts of him because it's so awful, but it is part of his story and it's relevant to his story. And I think, I think, that's just something I believe in fun- fundamentally is like no matter how nasty or painful our history is, we still got to be truthful about it because whether we like it or not, it informs who we are. Frederick Douglass would have been different. And I think I think he was able to do certain things because of his proximity to whiteness, which, you know, that's kind of a controversial thing to say, which I which I get and have compassion been, for. Yeah. Yeah, it could have been the only reason he was able to get educated. Mm-hmm. And, Look, you know, yeah. There was um, a segment that we used to do called Making Mixed History, and we did a focus on Frederick Douglass. And we actually had a couple, I think there was two two comments from the black community, and they were upset that that we had put Frederick Douglass in on making mixed history. I remember one person was really upset and was like, how dare you? Like, this is a black man. Like, why are you calling him mixed? And it definitely gave Jazz and I pause. You know, we were like, oh, wow. Like, is that wrong? Like, was that wrong of us? Were, were we were we in some way centering, you know, whiteness in a way that's not not okay? And I think what we were left with was, you know, what I've been saying, which is like the whole the whole story matters. And we believe that the whole story is relevant because he would be a completely different person if he wasn't mixed, you know, it's not that he wouldn't have accomplished the same things, but he would have been different. Just like I would be completely different if I was, you know, a monoracial black woman versus a mixed white and black woman. Yeah, it's, you know. As we all know, race is so complex and so difficult, you know, and there's so much, there's just so much pain. And, you know, a lot of the black community just, you know, that's Frederick Douglass is a black man that's done so much for the community. And it, yeah, I get, I, I see that, but I also see like the truth, the truth. It doesn't take away from him being a black, like, well, Both it doesn't true. take away from black history yeah. of him, you know, changing the way that we are today, you know, it doesn't take away from that. But I could definitely see how people could be, um, I guess, yeah, very hurt by that. Mm-hmm. It's the truth. It's it's the truth. And I would love if you guys did like a deep dive into like all, like you found out who was all, cause it's got to be so, so much. And honestly, 
what's not talked about is most African Americans today do have white somewhere in them because of, you know, back in the day of all the mixtures with, you know, slave owners and whatnot. So most black people today have percentages of white in them. I'm I'm pretty sure. But. Yeah, I have a friend actually who um, he's he's from Africa and we went to college together and he told me when I told him about Mixed America, he was like so kind of shocked and confused because he was like, oh, he's like, I just like think that all black people from America are mixed. Like that's literally said. He's like, we kind of just we just default think that all black people from America are mixed because your guys' history is so muddy. And I was like, oh, wow. It's like, I never, and he's like, yeah, he's like, that's so crazy. He's like, it's crazy that you have, like, you know, I'm sharing my struggles. And he's like, wow, I like, aren't all black people mixed over there? (laughs) And I was like, wow, I never thought about that, you know? So it's true. Like our lineages, you know, as black Americans is mixed for the most part. And that's like, that's the truth. You know, our history is really blurry when it comes to those things. There was a lot of mixing. There's a lot of mixing too, between black people and indigenous people as well, because there was indigenous slaves too. And they just, they put them all together. And so I think, yeah, our our lineages are most definitely more mixed than a lot of people would like to believe. Yeah, 100%. I I think I realized this when I went to Nigeria for the first time. And I was like, yep. Everyone that I know here in the US, you're definitely, most people are mixed. It's it's the way of it. I've done Ancestry.com. Have you guys did that yet? Are you guys not for Ancestry.com or against it? I don't know. I'm kind of a conspiracy theorist. So sometimes I'm like, oh, they're going to make a clone of me. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I also think like, I'm like kind of scared of what the results are going to be. It's like, what if I find out I'm like a whole bunch of other things? Now I have to deal with all of all of that, I, I don't know if I'm ready for that. <laughs> well, I could assure you, you you probably are a whole bunch of other things like all of us are. And, and when it comes down to it, after we've, all, it, it just sucks that in America, it is muddy, like your friend said, you know, it's so, mm. it's so, it's so much conflict with it. But at the end of the day, we're all human. We all come, and I wish it was like that where we didn't have to see race and have a Black History Month. Or I wish you guys didn't have to come up with Mixed in America because I, you know, wish yeah. we all just, it would be nice if we just all identified as human, but I guess it's not the way of it. Yeah. I mean, America was really like, you know, it's cornerstone was the melting pot being the melting pot. So, um, yeah, we're, we're all mixed and everyone from America, most people from America are from other, you know, the ancestries from other places. Like we are a melting pot and most of us are mixed. You know, that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother TED talk. <laughs> whole nother TED talk. <laughs> One second, let me get, so Megan, you're an actress. What has been your experiences as being a mixed woman in the industry? Challenging. <laughs> Challenging. Look, the industry is interesting, I think. I, I first of all, We've got to address that women who look like me have been playing the black woman, the monoracial black woman for way too long. So there's kind of this disservice. There's, I mean, the colorism is, of course, such an issue and, and something, something that is, I think, 
I think we're we're starting to scratch the surface of of addressing, but I think it, you know because Hollywood has really preferred European beauty standards and still does. Women who look like me have been taking roles that or or getting rewarded with roles that we shouldn't have, but it does a disservice to everybody because I shouldn't be telling the monoracial black woman's story and there are no like mixed stories, you know, there's starting to be some now, but it just, it's like this, it, it just is kind of ridiculous and, and, and very upsetting to me. When I first got out of college and started, you know, auditioning and like really getting a feel for what the industry was like, it was, it was weird because I was kind of trained to play anything like I got signed because they were like, oh, bet she can play white, she can play black, she can play Latinx, she can be ethnically ambiguous. So when I first went out, I was going out for everything. Yeah. And then kind of towards the height of BLM, I started going out for like mostly black roles. And like that was when I I had to kind of create my metric system for like roles that I do and don't think are for me, mm-hmm. you know, like I went in for, um, if Beale street could talk, which is like, I should definitely not be playing <laughs> the lead for that role because like my light skin tells a different story. But I remember going in for that and it was all like darker skinned and like obviously black passing or monoracial black women. And, and I was just like, yeah, I, sh- I shouldn't, I shouldn't be here for this because it's important to the story that it's a black passing person. And yet there's not enough stories for mixed people. I don't think at all, (laughs) you know, and, and, and even, and even my mixedness, like, I, I guess I'm, look, I hate the word ambiguous. I really hate it. I think I'm specific. I don't think I'm ambiguous, but there's, there's really not a ton of roles for the way that I look. There's like, there's like a certain kind of mix that's like acceptable and, and it needs to kind of be spelled out for you. So it's been kind of a challenge to find the right fit, I'd say. So are you turning down like roles for just for black characters or Latin characters and such like that, white characters? Are you looking for just characters that are identify with with who you are? I will play if it like, you know, oftentimes in the breakdown it'll say, you know, if it, if they need it to be a certain ethnicity, they'll they'll specify. Oftentimes though too, it'll have like open ethnicity. So I go out for a ton of that. But also the the tricky thing right now with casting is like the weird thing is, is like being a person of color is like trending. It's like flipped on its head. It used to be white was cool. I but was going to say, yeah. So, so because being a person of color, I, I mean, it's just like kind of weird version of fetishization, but because it's now trending, you know, casting. It flipped like, it flipped it, like a light switch. Okay. It, it was like boop. <laughs> I've never, I've never seen so many people of color in commercials, on billboards, on so many like do ads. Like it's, it's great, but it's like I wish it wasn't for a trendy purpose. Like it should have always been, you know, people of color getting these roles and getting these opportunities. But now since it's, it's annoying, but it's also like 
good. I, 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 it's a, it's well, a we weird haven't, look. We haven't quite punctured the root yet. You know, we still got a lot of older white men at the top making the decisions. So, <laughs> so they're going to make the decisions out of a trend versus mm-hmm. actual people of color at the top making the decisions, which, which will make the right calls because it's the right call. So yeah. I, I think what I'm, what's happening for me as a mixed person and a mixed artist is I don't really check any box. So nobody gets to check the diversity box clearly if they hire me. It's kind of like maybe if you're going to give the role to a white girl and you cast me, like you could feel dope about it. But like, you know what I mean? Like it's not like, oh, okay, great. We've got Latinx person, a black person. And it's like I'm really – who knows what's going on with me? So they don't know. (laughs) I I will say not too long ago – I've never seen this before, but I saw a car commercial and I saw a black mom and a white dad and a mixed kid in it. Have you guys seen this commercial? Yeah. You have? (laughs) Oh my gosh. It was like the first time, like and me always out in public, I I love seeing biracial couples and I'm like, oh shit, they're going to have a little me or, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, yeah, you guys, you guys know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Oh yeah. We always Um, notice. (laughs) Yeah. But that was, that was a cool experience to see. Um, you never see that. You you hardly ever see. I've started to see it a little bit in movies, but you hardly see it. But um, yeah, it's yeah, we got a lot of change, but it is nice to see a little change. Yeah, well, and you know, it's like it's ultimately a good thing. We need diversity desperately. We need diversity desperately, and if it's happening. You know, because some people are like <laughs> scared to do to get canceled, whatever. Yeah. I guess like that'll do for now until it penetrates people's hearts and we're constantly believing that diversity is actually good. You know, true. Well, actually, I have a question. I, this isn't in my notes before I get to this next question. I have to say, what's dating like for you guys? Like, because <laughs> I've had people recently, because my, my girlfriend's white now. And I've had people like say, why don't you date black girls? And it's like, I, I get so annoyed by people trying to tell me what race I should, I should like mofos. I am mixed. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for by right, like people coming together and doing yep. that. But yeah, what's your guys, how's, how's your personal experiences with dating? Do people frown upon whoever you do choose to date or is it accepted? And yeah, I'm just kind of curious. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I feel... I feel like people, you know, one, we're fetishized sometimes as mixed people. So I think dating can be hard because we're not, I'm not sure sometimes if I'm being fetishized, I've had a lot of guys be like, Oh, our babies would be so beautiful on like date one. And it's like, what? Like, what am I just something to breed with? Like it's that fetishizing, you know, instead of like wanting to know me, you know, the, what are you questions off the rip, you know, all of that. It makes dating really hard as a mixed person, as well as that, like people like pushing you together with people that they think you would look good with. I feel like that's not a thing that like, I feel like it happens more so with mixed people. Like I remember my, I, I remember this so vividly because that's how much it penetrated me as a kid. I was in like third grade, I think, right? Third grade, you know, and we're like, you know, I like this person. I like this person, all the little kid dating things. And I remember I like, you know, I was always trying to get me a boyfriend. I was like, let me give me a boyfriend. And then I remember it was, um, <laughs> I come to school the next day and 
and there's a new kid in class and he's a black kid, black kid. And we didn't have any black kids in the class. Like, mind you, I'm the only like black kid in this class. And they immediately on day one was like, Oh, Jasmine. And I forget the names, the kid's name. Like Eddie. Oh, Jasmine. Eddie. It was Eddie. Oh my God. Yeah. We went to elementary school. Yeah, she knows. It was like Jasmine and Eddie are like dating. Like I remember that day one. And I was like, what? I was like, wait, hold up. I've been trying to get a boyfriend all, all year. And as soon as this new kid comes in, you guys say we're dating. And at, at the time though, as a kid, I literally didn't understand. I was like, what? And then it finally clicked and I was like, oh, we're both brown. <laughs> so you guys just said, boop. Like that young though, right? That young kids are like brown, brown, go together. Like it was wild. Um, and so that's kind of, you know, that that also left an imprint on me too, though, and really conditioned me to think that, okay, so I have to date, you know, only brown people, right? Because that's what everyone says I look good with subconsciously, you know, and that type of thing lasts. So dating is complicated. <laughs> Long story short, as a mixed person. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I, I have to agree. Uh, what about my, you, Megan? Yeah, my experience has been interesting. I I always felt really loved by black men, which was which is like, you know, even even saying that out loud, it's it's very complex because because of colorism. I, I think even as a young as a young girl, I knew that my skin tone was was playing a role. But so I felt really, really admired by black men, but not good enough for white men. That's how I that's how I constantly felt. And so I think I think um, and my dad's white. And so I always yeah, I think I, I, I struggled with like, why am I not? I'm so, you know, I'm so, even though I was light and it was like, I still wasn't, I still wasn't ever good enough to like be with the white guy. Like I, I knew that I knew, I felt like white men, you know, liked me even in high school. I remember feeling like, Oh my God, he likes me. I can tell, but like would not take me to the dance, would not date me. And it's like, the imprinting, you know, it's, it, it, it starts so young. Cause it's like, I, I wrote something about this a while ago on our blog, but I, I felt like I was always like having to like leap over my blackness. Like I'll work really hard, like despite my blackness, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that's how a lot of, first of all, black people feel and then, and then mixed people as well. And I'm, I'm, I'm with, you know, I've dated all kinds of people. My first my first like boyfriend that I felt real like really liked me <laughs> and not like desired that our babies look a certain way or whatever. I mean, this is young. This is high school. And and he was Puerto Rican. And I think that like and he was mixed Puerto Rican. And and I wasn't use I wasn't using the term mixed or anything like that a ton back then and neither was he. But I look back and I'm like, "Oh, you know what? I felt seen by him. I think I think we were kind of experiencing something really similar and we we had that POC lens but we also had proximity to whiteness and we wanted to feel seen <laughs> for like yeah. who we actually are and now I'm I'm engaged to a white man and who I met in college and he's amazing you know he's he's amazing and we've had ups and downs when it comes to all the things regarding race. <laughs> yeah, as they do. Yeah, I mean, 
all relationships have the ups and downs, but yeah, yeah for sure. It's a transition. You got to learn about some stuff. Well, speaking of relationships and be, are you guys Bachelor fans? Kind of, kind of. I'm kind of new to The Bachelor. You and Tay have really been my gateway drug. Look at Jasmine. Jasmine's been watching. I could tell. Have you been <laughs> oh, watching no. Jasmine? Oh, you haven't? I, no, I'm not up to date. No, I, I, but like, like Meg said, like y'all have really introduced us to this whole world, to be honest. I hadn't really been, uh, yeah, I hadn't really known about it, to be honest. Like I knew about it, but so it's, it's been interesting to get to know y'all's world because it's a whole nother world. It really is. Holy fuck. It's a whole nother world. <laughs> I know. I'm like, wow. <laughs> the the air is different here. <laughs> It's a whole new world. I'll tell you guys, though, there was history made last season with Michelle's season. You have Michelle that's a, a mixed woman, but she had four men in the finalists that were mixed as well. Oh. And, and Bachelor's highly known for barely having any black people on or people of color advanced that far, even having leads. You know, I think Michelle might be the third, third or fourth lead out of who knows how many seasons. Um, over 20. But yeah, four finalists that were mixed, including Michelle. She's mixed also. So we had five people at the finalists of the Bachelor, Bachelorette franchise, which is insane. Um, I'm going to have to send you guys that episode, I think. I mean, it goes yeah. down to history. You know, it's like almost an Obama moment. Um, <laughs> no, yeah. it's, 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 it's crazy. It's so important. So definitely send us it. <laughs> I was super proud. And it was just... Great to see people that I know I identify with and they identify with me and we've been through the same upbringings and whatnot. So it was very cool. But stepping out of Bachelor Nation, I mean, we do have to wrap up here shortly, but I want to see, I want to have a conversation on what do you, what do you want our audience to take away from this conversation that we're having today? Yeah, I think, you know, what, what I always want people to understand about the mixed experience is that it's nuanced and it's complex and we, you know, we don't like assumptions. Don't ever assume that you know something about someone's experience just because they look a certain way or they have a certain background because our experiences really shape us and they're really unique for mixed people. So I would, I would leave everyone with that of just like, lean in with curiosity instead of assumptions always. Yeah. And to the mixed people watching, I would remind them that you have autonomy over your experience and it's a journey to feel confident, I think, as a mixed person and like all that you have going on and kind of learning how to navigate your family and your experience and and just all that is kind of coursing through you. So remembering that you have autonomy over your experience. Yes, you, although you're mixed, that's still, you often still experience racism, oppression, and ignorance. And yes, it's important to be educated about privilege and colorism and systemic bias because it's, not about creating hierarchies amongst people of color. It's about supporting each other. So that's, that's something I would say is, is uh, if you haven't began the journey of unpacking your mixed identity, you may want to give yourself that gift because it is so powerful. And, and hopefully all you mixed people have some community. And if you don't, come to Mixed in America because we got a lot of community. <laughs> 
come to mixed in America, and also I know we, I think we talked about it when we talked about it two years ago. People that have maybe biracial kids, mixed in America is also great for you guys too, on understanding what your children will probably go through and ways to kind of navigate through that whole upbringing of yeah, which is a lot. It's a lot. So I guess more knowledge, more power, and yeah. But uh, ladies, it's been. Such a blast. I love having these conversations. I always feel good after we have these conversations. Where can our listeners find you? Yeah. So you can uh, follow us on Instagram, uh, mix underscore in underscore America. We also have a website. It's mixedamerica.org. And also you can email us at info at mixedamerica.org. Yeah. And definitely come through. Mixed people and non-mixed people, you know, because I think it's really important that we're always learning from each other's experiences. So. Yeah. And yeah, we have mixed healing circles that we do every month to every other month programs that are catered to mixed people and just reminding everyone we are a supportive space. We're not going to be hitting you with the judgment and the cancel, (laughs) the cancel (laughs) type of energy. So uh, we're trauma informed and, and our goal is for people to feel really safe and supported and like they can speak their truth and be vulnerable and without the fear of being attacked you know the social media world we've got going on it's dangerous out there i want people to be able to express themselves without getting attacked so if you need that come on over (laughs) (laughs) i think everybody needs that right now Uh, but uh Ladies, love having you on. I think you guys are on to something very special with Mixed in America. I'm a big fan and uh, keep doing what you're doing and we'll have you on again for sure. Yes, thank Thank you, you. Dustin. Absolutely. Bachelors in the City is hosted by me, Peter Weber. And me, Dustin Kendrick. This podcast is produced by Red Rock Music and powered by ACAST. Our producer is Red Yoakum, and our associate producer is Emma Martins. Be sure to like and subscribe wherever you listen to the podcast. Send your voice memos to btc at redrockmusic.com. That's btc at redrockmusic.com for your chance to be featured on the show. And of course, follow us on Instagram at Bachelors in the City Podcasts. See you next week. Thanks for listening and sign up for our membership program to become a honorary third roommate. Join now for $3 per month and enjoy the episodes ad-free. Click the link in the episode description so you can move in.